Great afternoon. You are in the fast lane with Sarah Jane and my guest today, I am super pumped to talk to. Our first meeting had to be delayed because she's a very busy woman, but please welcome Kylie, the autonomy mommy who refuses to believe that birth is one size fits all. Welcome into the fast lane. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So thank you for postponing and uh, yeah, I can't wait to chat. Well, you had good reason. Like you are a doula and yes. you were very busy bir- helping birth babies. So yes, I was at three births that week, three births. Um, I was at births for, yeah, like over 72 hours that week. That was a really long week. That was the longest week I've ever had as a doula. So, yep. <laughs> so talk about being a doula. Some people don't even know what a doula is. What is a doula? Why are you a doula? What yeah. inspired you to do this? Yeah. So a doula is almost like a life coach, but very specifically for birth. That's kind of how I see it. Um, so it's, it's someone in your corner who knows the ins and outs of birth and who trusts birth to support you, uh, in your pregnancy while you're giving birth and then possibly postpartum too. So it depends, you know, there's all sorts of kind of doulas. There's even like death doulas that help support people who are dying. Um, it's just, a supportive role, uh, and a calm person to kind of hold space for you as you're going through that part of the journey. Um, I'm a birth doula specifically, so I don't really do that much postpartum work. Um, I specifically focus on birth and even more specifically, mostly home birth, mostly, um, hands-off low intervention. Sometimes there's not even a midwife there. So, uh, definitely a different kind of doula than most. And I decided to become a doula after years and years of knowing that I wanted to help people, but not really knowing to which capacity I wanted to help people. And I had like a couple failed business attempts and I wouldn't even call them failed business attempts because I would like get this idea that I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to be a life coach or I'm going to be like a health coach and nothing just ever, nothing came from it. And now I realize once I actually became pregnant, heard the word doula for the first time, which is before I got pregnant, actually, I heard the word doula and I was like, that's it. Like, that's why nothing has worked out because that is exactly what I'm meant to do. I am meant to hold space for people as they're preparing to give birth. And I actually became a doula before I got pregnant. Um, so everything I taught women before I gave birth myself, you know, it's like, it's like teaching someone to swim. If you've never like been in water before, like you can understand the movements, but until you've actually done it, like, do you really know how to swim? <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was me. I was a doula before I actually gave birth. And then when I did give birth, uh, it was like so incredibly fearless. Uh, I didn't, didn't freak out. I didn't ask for help. I didn't need help. I wasn't scared. Uh, it was quick and it was like the most phenomenal birth ever. Um, and that was like a light bulb moment for me. Like, oh, okay. So like these things I do teach people, like they can work. Um, so it just kind of like fueled my fire to continue doing this. And so since I gave birth to my own daughter, I kind of moved mostly online because gosh, it's hard to attend births if you have a newborn by yourself. Right. So now I do mostly my work online. I'm an online birth educator. I have like a comprehensive course. I have the huge community and just, yeah, everything kind of like fell into place as soon as I found out what a doula was. And I heard that word for the first time. 
So I will tell people I have a 10, eight and four-year-old, my eight-year-old, I would still be pregnant had it not been for my doula friend. He would never have came out of my body. I would be the biggest pregnant lady you ever saw because she's the one who calmed me down and got me back into my own head. You know, like anyway, I have some good home birth stories, but that is not today is not the day (laughs) for that. So did you at your own birth have a doula? I actually did not have a doula at my own birth. I had a lot of people in the space and you know, looking back, I probably wouldn't have changed it. So I had my partner, my mom, my sister, and my midwife. My sister is a photographer. So she was there as a photographer. My mom acted as my doula. So she was by my side the whole time, basically squeezing my arm the entire time, Um, which honestly is probably what I would have had a doula do anyway, like physically support me like that. Um, But even then, even then, even though I felt supported completely uh, physically and emotionally and spiritually, even there are certain things that a doula knows that my partner's not going to know. And my mom's not going to know things like mm-hmm. um, no one reminded, like, I don't know how personal we can get, but like no one reminded me to pee during my labor and peeing during labor is actually like a really important thing because if your bladder's full. There's so much going on in your pelvis that like you can't make room for that baby to come out so I ended up I ended up pushing for like four hours where if someone was there uh who knew birth and who understood kind of what was happening to remind me like hey maybe like let's go pee real quick on the toilet or let's you know let's change positions real quick I mean maybe my birth could have been quicker and um but you know now that I look back it's like it was such a phenomenal experience that like you know, I'm glad, I'm glad it went how it went. And I'm glad I didn't have a doula in that sense because it was perfect and I wouldn't change anything. So did your people think that you were crazy for having a home birth? So I was definitely the first one in my circle to have a home birth. Um, but they didn't necessarily think it was crazy because I'm a rule breaker. So they didn't think that I was crazy for me to choose it because they expect for me to just like totally go against whatever the status quo is doing. Um, I have a sister-in-law who's a nurse and uh, she's a nurse in the NICU. And I'm just, I just have to take a second and say how blessed I am for her because not once did she project any of her fear onto me. And so when I told her I was having a home birth and along with having a home birth, like declining every test, declining everything for my newborn, just like totally going against the grain. She never once gave me her opinion. It was just, you know, she's excited for me. And in some ways she wishes she was brave enough to have a home birth. And that was really, really cool. So I just want to take a second and say how cool it was to have someone in my space who saw, you know, the bad outcomes of birth and only the bad outcomes as a NICU nurse, but still like respected me enough to, to appreciate my right to make my own decision. It's not often that people have someone like that in their family. So no, in fact, is absolutely the opposite because when I decided to have a home birth, I was the nut. Everyone talked about all the negative things that could happen. And I felt like I was on an Island. Mm-hmm. And at first my husband's like, what do you want to do now? And yeah, and it was literally one of the best experiences ever. But why after people had home births for ever, 
and ever and ever. Why do you think people, A, were stereotyped? Because as soon as I said I was having a home birth, I got a plethora of questions on how I was going to raise my child. Okay. So it's, it's a stereotype, but why do you think that after that was what people did all the time without intervention, why is it such a crazy thing to do now? It's a natural thing. I know I, humans have this really weird thing that is natural and it's this, this need to fit into society. And so as soon as 90% of births became in the hospital, Hold on one second. Sorry about that. So humans have this need to fit into society. So when, you know, birth started going to the hospital, the ones who remained at home were the outcasts. And, you know, that's only been like a hundred years. So in the early 1900s, people were still giving birth at home. Um, I think, you know, the main motivator behind that is fear. I talk about fear a lot. And I think if you want, if me as like the medical system wants people to give birth in the medical system, I need to make people scared of birth. And I don't necessarily think that was one person that sat down and was like, like, let's make this plan. Let's like scheme everybody and scare them. I think it just slowly, slowly over the decades, um, you know, the kind of brainwashing happened and people and they're using fear, they're dangling fear over us to, to sway us to give away our power, give away our decision-making power. And that's really, my business is all about autonomous birth and my life is about autonomy. And, and I think when people are using fear to kind of coerce women, especially pregnant women to make decisions, you can't have an autonomous birth if everything you're doing is, is fear motivated so yeah, it's a really interesting question. I feel like I feel like it has a has no real answer, just a lot of speculation. But definitely a big part of that is wanting to fit into society and wanting to be seen as normal. But you know, normal's not normal's not doing it. Normal's not giving women phenomenal birth experiences. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I think we're realizing now is that. I mean, not everyone should birth at home. Of course, I want people to birth where they feel most comfortable, Mm -hmm. but the status quo mainstream obstetrical maternity care system is, is leaving like 30% of women with traumatic birth experiences. And that's crazy. That's, you know, that's people need to, to see that and people need to say, okay, something needs to change here. Mm Mm-hmm. I was actually scared to have my child in a hospital. I was thinking about that yesterday. <laughs> I was thinking about how people say that people assume that I think that the epidural is the easy way out or the cesarean is the easy way out. They assume that I think that. And I was laying in bed la- just last night and I was like, you know, after being a doula and attending births, epidural is not the easy way out. Hospital birth is not the easy way out. Like out of all the births I've been to, the easiest ones have been at home and been unmedicated. So I think I, I think I'm taking the easy way out by choosing home birth and unmedicated birth. Mm-hmm. You know, my last, I have three children. My last one was in a hospital because my husband said I was too old to home birth because he thought something might happen, which is fine. So we did everything as natural as we possibly could. Our doctor was cool with it. And after 
After I gave birth, the nurse asked me if I wanted some Tylenol. And I kind of chuckled because I was like, well, I just kind of did this with nothing. So I'm, I'm good. You know, I don't need anything. And so then I got up and showered and she, and she kind of, she laughed then. And she's like, it's always weird to me to see the moms get up so fast after a birth because, you know, with the epidural, there is lasting side effects. And I have some, I'm a chiropractor and I have some patients who years and years and years after having a child, they still have like some numbness or they have, you know, an issue at that epidural site. So I agree with you. I don't think an epidural is the easy way out by any means, but I also remind, because I work with pregnant ladies, I remind them that whatever you decide is the right thing to do because you decided it. Right. Because, and it's so frustrating to me when, and whoever's listening to this, who knows me, whatever birth you had, I'm happy for you. But I am always a little sad when people are like, well, I have an induction date. And I'm always like, oh, like, cause I just feel like that might not end well for you. I'm never going to say that, but you know what I mean? Like that might be, a, that might be a long, long labor. And then all of a sudden now we have a C-section and that's stressful for me to think about my friend laying there basically miserable because that's not what this should be. Yeah. Yeah. One of the births I attended the other week when we had to cancel was a mom planning a home birth. She went to 41 weeks. She decided to take castor oil, which uh, put her into labor. Like within two hours, she called us and she said, I feel like I'm pushing. Like, I feel like this baby needs to come get to my house. And we drove to her house. The midwife and I were both an hour away and we, they called on the way, you know, hurry. Like she feels like she's holding the baby and for for you guys to get here. And we got there and she was one centimeter, one centimeter dilated. And the birth went on for another two days. She pushed for 10 hours at home before transferring to the hospital, pushed for another 10 with an epidural and then chose to get a C-section. And you just think to yourself, like, how hard it is, how hard it must be to be that woman and think back, like, was it, was it the castor oil that started this cascade? Like potentially, yes. You know, my mind says potentially, yes. And it's so, so hard to have that trust. And I understand it's really hard to be 41 weeks pregnant, but that's why it's so important. I try and catch people and do the whole birth education thing, like early pregnancy, because I don't want them I don't want them thinking about their options. I don't want them thinking about induction just for going past their due date. I want their mind by the time they're like 36 weeks. I want their mind to be so calm, so cool. So I want them to embody surrender. So they're just along for the ride. And, you know, I can really see the difference between people who don't have that I'm just along for the ride energy, the people who still want to like make births happen a certain way. I mean, it's very clear how different outcomes are from those two kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Do you find most of the people you work with are home birthers? Yeah. In your area, do you see a lot of home births? Uh, yeah, actually. Yeah. I'm in Southwest Florida, kind of towards the country. And yeah, there's a good amount, there's a good amount of home births here, especially since uh, the world kind of shut down and hospitals weren't letting so many people in and people were just nervous, didn't want to have to do any sort of tests, you know, as they're being admitted to the hospital. 
So yeah, I say higher, higher now than ever before. There's a good amount. So midwife assisted. Mostly? Yeah, mostly midwife assisted, um, uh, unassisted, like free births. There aren't many, there are a few dozen a year, um, but they're not, they're not many. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I, I find that interesting for you to say, because I will hear a lot from people that they need to be in a hospital because they don't know what to do. And again, I will never tell someone what to do, but I always say, trust me, your body's going to tell you what to do. Right. Because I had never been in labor before. And all of a sudden it was like, my body was like, okay, it's time to push. It's time to get this baby out. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people who think that they just need someone to tell them everything that's going to happen. But really, I mean, we could talk about the things that could happen, but every birth is super unique. Yeah. And, and, And it's sad to me that that's kind of gotten lost. Yeah. It's so true. And it's funny that you mentioned the whole pushing thing, because that's what people, that's what I hear the most. How will I ever know when to push? Let's say, unless someone checks my cervix and it's like, you'll know. And if you don't, and, and the funny thing is if someone checks your cervix and says you're 10 centimeters, it's time to push. If you don't feel like pushing, honey, it's not time to push just because you're 10 centimeters does not mean you should be pushing. And that's something that happened at this birth the other week too, is that she was, by the time she hit 10 centimeters, she was so ready to just be done with it all. And so exhausted that she didn't wait for the urge to push. She's just like, right now, every contraction from here on out, I'm giving it my all without feeling the urge. And then here you are pushing for 10 hours. And it's just like, they're okay. Looking back, there are so many things that I should have been more proactive to ask, like, the, the sound she were making that the sounds that she were making was making sounded grunty. So they sounded pushy. But after the fact, I, I asked her, I said, were you feeling the urge to push? Did you have that fetal ejection reflex? And she said, Oh no, like I had no clue. I had no clue what to do. I just would kind of feel contraction. And then I would just push. And so I'm like, okay, like that's never happened to me in my doula career, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I think, you know, the key to all of that is, is really that mindset leading up to birth, that surrender leading up to birth and really conquering every single last fear. Because if you have a fear, birth has a funny way of like finding what that fear is. If you're hyper-focused on not wanting to, uh, push, not wanting to tear, not wanting to, uh, you know, feel yourself stretching, it's going to be hard to push effectively with that fear in the back of your mind. And so it's something that's, you know, everyone talks about how important it is to get rid of fear. I feel like that's probably a part of like most childbirth education programs and most doulas are going to talk about it. But I think a lot of times it's hard to take that seriously. And it's hard to, uh, confront the fears because sometimes it's like, well, I'm good just not thinking about it. So let me just keep not thinking about it. And then it's going to not be there. The fear is going to go away. That's really not, not the way to face it. I think, I think that especially leading into something like birth, something, if it's your first birth too, like it's the unknown. And so how do we face the unknown is we got to face it with curiosity and we got to put in the work to learn our options and, 
and really just release the fears, whatever that looks like. It could be the fear of death. It could be the fear of pooping, the fear of embarrassing yourself. (laughs) It could be anything, but every single last fear like needs to be addressed and and talked about and, and faced with curiosity. What's the most common fear people have? I, since mostly I work with home birth moms, the fear that most of them have is hospital transfer. And that's what they say to me at first, but um, I won't let that fly because hospital transfer is so vague. So like, how can you overcome a fear that's so overarchingly vague? So like no one's actually scared of the hospital transfer. They're scared of something much more specific. So they're scared of when we get down to the root of it, it's like scared of the ambulance ride. So like scared of the discomfort of the ambulance ride, because maybe it's going to be more painful in certain positions or whatever, or scared of um, being in transition and having to stand and walk around or scared of meeting a doctor for the very first time while you're in labor and like not knowing who your doctor is going to be. Those are a lot more specific. So yeah, that's a really good question. I'd say most moms tell me hospital transfer, but we have to break it down even more than that. That's one thing too, that I had thought of how stressful it would be to work with one provider the whole time and be comfortable with them because this is a relationship really, right? This is a big production to have a a baby and then to have to birth with someone who is a complete stranger that has to be, I would think that'd be stressful. That would be stressful for me. Yeah. There's a woman in my course right now. We do like mother circle calls too. So like we get on zoom and we like get to know each other and she's talking about how she's planning a hospital birth. She's a pharmacist. It's her second birth. Her first one, uh, she was not respected. They didn't, you know, treat her with respect or give her informed consent or anything. Um, but her, the, thing that's stopping her from having a home birth is the chance that she would have to transfer and have a doctor that she doesn't know. And that's the one thing that's stopping her from having a home birth. She's only like 12 weeks right now. So I I think she'll, I think she'll choose home birth, but it'll be interesting to see kind of how that unfolds and what she ends up deciding and what ends up being like the ticker for her to decide that. Cause yeah, it's, it's hard, but you know, birth is unpredictable in every way. So even if you do decide to give birth at the hospital, like who's to say that because you want the same provider, who's to say that your baby doesn't come at home on accident in the car on accident, that provider's sick for some reason, you know, we think we know that it's going to work out a certain way if we plan it a certain way, but birth doesn't do that. No. It is not at all. And there's a lot of people too. I think that in our daily life, we try to micromanage everything that's going on. You cannot micromanage your birth. So, but how do you, how do you, how important do you think it is for people to have a birth plan? So I think it's really important. And people say to me, people say to me, I don't want to make a birth plan because you can't plan birth. And I'm like, well, that's not the point of a birth plan the coolest part of a birth plan is learning all your options in order to like choose preferences, because you really have to like put in some research and, and ask yourself what you really want from your birth experience. I would say that's like the coolest part about writing a birth plan. (laughs) When I was pregnant with my first son, my sister was telling me how painful it was to have her children. And she was getting pretty, um, 
you know, I mean, she was using a lot of big words and I just remember sitting there looking at her like, why would you tell someone who's pregnant this? Like, why would you tell them how painful it is? And so I will have patients or friends and they'll talk about the birthing experience. And I'll say it's intense, but it's not intense for very long. Like it'll be intense and then you'll have a break and then it's intense and then you'll have a break. But I would never one time say, oh my God, it was the most painful experience of my life. Cause that, that kind of sets it, it sets someone down a mental path. And then that fear does grow and grow and grow. That goes back to wanting, wanting to fit in. And I think that experience of women telling people that birth hurts or birth is the worst thing ever, or it sucks, or you're going to want an epidural. That's her telling her story and wanting other people to have the same story. Cause then she fits in. She, and I'm the opposite. So I had a phenomenal birth. Didn't once like ask for help. Never. I don't even think I opened my mouth to ask for anything. And so that's what I tell the other people. I tell other people, Oh, birth is no big deal. Like it is no big deal. You got this. Like you can give birth at home with no meds, like literally no big deal. And so it's funny because I say that because I want people to have the experience I had. Mm -hmm. I want people to validate my experience, but my experience was a great experience rather than the women who, yeah, say that, oh, good luck type of thing. Right. And it's almost like when you're a mom, you can relate to other moms, right? Like you just kind of have this unspoken bond, but then you go into the home birthers and that almost takes it up a notch because it don't you kind of think like when I'm talking to you and you had a home birth and I was listening to you in the beginning, I'm like, she's my people because I get it. Like I get what you're talking about. Do you think that, do you think that way with other home birth moms or is that just, is that just in my mind? No, it's true. It's like, if someone has a home birth, you know, that they've tackled some, they've done some inner work. You know, they've yeah. done some inner work to release that fear, to trust themselves and, and to really understand that home is probably the safest place to be for most people, especially if there's, you know, nothing showing up through prenatal appointments, mm-hmm. if you're going to prenatal appointments or what have you, but yeah, it's funny. I'm, it's the same way, like, um, cloth diapering moms or homeschool moms. It's like, oh, yes. okay. Like you're my people. <laughs> Yes. I, yes, I totally get it. And that's why sometimes like it's hard, I think for my audience, even here, because I'm a homeschool home birther chiropractic mom, you know what I mean? But I don't know. It's funny funny because what's that? It's funny though. Cause they're, it's interesting because yes, I say that, okay, those people are people, but there is like a far side of that spectrum because there is the far side where it says, where people say like free birth is the only choice. Home birth is the only choice. And I, it's funny because I, I chose home birth for me really because my default is doing nothing. Like I don't, even when I'm sick, like I don't go to the doctor. Like I would probably not go to a doctor until I had to go to the the emergency room. Like that's how sick I got. And I'm not saying that's healthy. Like I'm sure I've had like really bad infections and just stayed home because I don't know, it's like the laziness in me or something, but it's (laughs) that, that I just, my default is doing nothing. So that's really why I chose a home birth. No one could convince me to go somewhere else. None of the arguments were convincing, 
Um, but I definitely am not someone that thinks that, uh, you know, free birth is the only choice or home birth Mm -hmm. is the only choice. I'm very much like, I want moms to like, just do what they want to do. And if that means we said this earlier, if that means an induction, like at 39 weeks, because it's new year and your doctor's going to be out of town, like I'll pray for you probably. And I'll be like, I don't know if that's the best idea, but, but you do you. Mm -hmm. And I will come to say, um, so saying like the home birther, homeschooler, chiropractic mom, that's an audience of itself, right? Like that is maybe a different mindset, but the people who are the opposite of that, who have had all, you know, births on every spectrum, I love those people because they have respected me for my choices and I have respected them for theirs. And, you know, that also grows a really good friendship too. So I always do want to make sure that people know that just because you and I are around that, or we do most of, you know, that's kind of how we roll. That doesn't mean we think it's better and we don't think it's right. And I, I ran into that too. Like some people acted like, I thought it was, I was better because I had a home birth and I was like, I have no, I mean, that's apples to oranges. I felt more comfortable having a baby at home because that was my choice. And if you don't, and if that's not your choice, we all have to be respectful of that. Yeah. I come across that a lot too. I would say that's one of my biggest insecurities is having people online, especially on social media. Cause like I have this big following having people misinterpret what I'm saying and thinking I'm a mean person. That's like something that, um, I, I need to work on because I need to start not caring what other people think, but it's hard. It's hard for someone to, to come out and say that I'm, I'm shaming or I'm hateful. And a lot of times I'll like go back and read the post and I'll be like, can you please explain to me like which sentence made you feel judged? Because like, I can't find it. And, and I don't want you to feel that way, but deeper down, like, I know that that's just, that's just their own struggles that they're going through and probably, you know, uh, their own, uh, just their own stuff that they need to work through. Yeah. I think people might misinterpret what we say because we speak from, do you do what's ever best for you. And some people just feel judged if it's not the norm. And that's really, uh, that's not the case. I don't know. I pretty much go against the grain in all the things. And so I'm used to hearing all the backlash and it kind of goes in one ear and out the next, but in respect of time, I would like you to tell us how you can help people. Like how how can they find you? Where can they find Uh you? What can you do for them? Yeah, for sure. So you can find me online on literally every platform. I am the autonomy mommy, uh, on Instagram is where I'm most active and where we have the biggest community. So at the autonomy mommy and what I do mostly, if you're in Southwest Florida, totally reach out to me on Instagram or through my website, the uh, I would love to support your birth in person in Southwest Florida, but if you're not like most of you probably are not, um, I run online childbirth education programs. So I have everything from small uh, $30 birth plan workshops where I help you write your birth plan, everything up to $400 comprehensive online childbirth education course. And so uh, my 
online birth course. The comprehensive one is called the Autonomous Birth Academy, and it's uh, eight hours of video lessons. It comes with a community. We meet every month on Zoom and do like live like group coaching slash one-on-one sessions. And that's open for enrollment all the time too. So wherever you are in your journey, you can absolutely find me theautonomymommy.com. And I'm sure I have something to, to help you wherever you are. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and thank you for what you do daily, empowering people to do what's best for them, no matter what that might be to make their birth unique. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we truly love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.